This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Welcome to it. Friday's here at Tale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Also in studio, numbers to dial up and join us today from now till 6, 489-1240, 489-1240, or 800-825-5865, wherever you hear us across the Hale Varsity Radio Network. And excited to to get into this weekend. Basketball to hit. Coaching carousel takes a weird U-turn. And uh, we'll dive into that. Chip Kelly back to the – or into the Big Ten, staying in the Big Ten, just a different role. What's Big Red basketball look like tomorrow against Michigan? And uh, all sorts of fun with the Super Bowl. Lineup, uh, let's lay it out. Uh, He is back with Herdat Sports starting Monday morning. Damon Benning, uh, outstanding uh, radio man and uh, part of the Husker Network. Uh, Damon will join us here in about 15 minutes, get his thoughts on the return and some world of college football news and notes and some Super Bowl predictions. Damon Benning with us here in about 15 minutes. In hour two, we'll check in with the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, the professor, uh, he'll be with us at 5.05. And uh, then Clausburn. He's imaginary. He wears red. We are all set for predictions this weekend. Super Bowl. Husker women against uh, Caitlin Clark. And, oh, yeah, Nebraska and Michigan. Elijah, how we feeling? Cotter, how we doing? You two yahoos. I'm home. I've got a basketball game uh, I need to get to right after the show. So I'm I'm doing the old home um, House Arrest version of the Friday show. And you guys are in studio, and you're just jamming to club music. I mean, you're just piping it through. You need to tell our audience, and we'll do roll call here in a minute, what's your hammer in here. Do you have a, a sample of that at all? I, I could pull it up. I don't want to get sued for copyright infringement because I'm uh. not actually sure what we have the right to <laughs> and what we don't. I usually play that by ear on a day-to-day basis until somebody uh. says, hey, you can't use that. And I go, whoops, he got me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sorry about that. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen and Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I have learned over the past couple of months that the speakers that we have in this predict- uh, pr- particular studio are pretty much the best in the building. They're better, they they're, they're better yeah. than like everyone. work. And I don't know why we have them here in the sports studio because like, we don't actually play that much music. But recently I've decided, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm in this studio. When life uh, gives b- you lemons. Yeah, behind the scenes story. I'm in this studio after our show ends for a good 90 minutes to, to two hours following our show where I do podcast posting. I get the video posted up on YouTube, pull some clips for social media, 
uh, do a little bit of everything, really. And I've found that I can really crank these speakers up to 11. Nobody else is in the building. 11's an exaggeration. I saw the look in Schmitty's eyes of like, oh man, you're going to get the suits pissed off at us. <laughs> you're going to start a fire. <laughs> uh, 11's an exaggeration, but nobody else is in the building at that time, so I can really turn them up, open up the door, and just jam out to whatever I want to jam out to. And you being at home, I'm like, well, I'm going to take advantage today too. So before the show, Connor and I also turned the speakers up a little bit and jammed out. It was, uh, let's see, we had some Electric Feel by MGMT. Yes. We had Doses and Mimosas by Sharub. We were jamming out, having a good time. It's Friday. I mean, c- you, you, come on. I mean, Connor, I mean, you were you were doing a little upper body movement. Thank the Lord. That's all I could see. And, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're yeah, you both uh, can, can move. With a little bit of agility, I'm I'm proud of it. I mean, I I look like Elaine when I dance, and that that's no shock to anybody. Agility's can a find us. Why not uh, ten, eleven goes higher, right? Well, you've, you've uh, seen uh, this is Spinal Tap, correct? I have not. One of the best mockumentaries. Oh, of absolutely, all time. it is. I've I've heard that for years, but that's the the one of the the flicks I have. <laughs> I have not seen. Well, there's there's uh, the, there's the great quote in it that like he has his his speaker amps specifically made specially made so that they go up to 11 instead of 10 and like the whole thing is like well what what's the difference between 10 they're going to the same loudness it's just a different number he's like well 11's 11's higher than 10 of course i yeah. have to have it yeah so that, that that's the quote. no well well done uh find the show different ways to do it can check us out as we're streaming every day on the hail varsity youtube channel subscribe there give us a like tell a buddy it's all good. Hail Varsity Radio, Twitter, at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. Find Connor and Elijah on Twitter. Elijah's Twitter is at Herbal Essence. Connor's is at C underscore Clark underscore 27. There's two of them. Uh, I know. Two underscores at Schmidt underscore radio for me, Chris Schmidt, and my Twitter handle. Without further ado, can also uh, stream the show and find the show on AM 590, Omaha's ESPN, KFOR, and our friends in central Nebraska, the Superstation, uh, Carney Hastings, Grand Island, and our friends in Columbus, Newstalk 900. That's the ways to get the show, Spotify, iTunes, uh, for the podcast, and here is the roll call. We shout out the first five in the stream, catching the show that way. We pray no technical difficulties again today with the show splitting at the top of the hour at 5 o'clock. Uh, we won't uh, let that happen again. Mike is in. Hail, hail. The gang's all here. Good to check in, Mike. Uh, the artist formerly known as KG Kids for Life. He's working on a... Uh, Joe DiMaggio type record is KG Kids for Life when we're talking top five finishes. We need to do a better job, as is Brennan, Black Hills Brennan in there. Three, do it for Dale. Uh, and you, Grandpa, in at four. Andrew, five. Elijah checking in at six. KP, 300 in at seven. Jeff at eight. Eric, nine. Tuck rounds out are, uh, are too deep. Uh, Brandon right in there, and uh, Brandon is, yep, Chip K to OSU. We will get to that. First, though, uh, we'll hear from Fred Hoiberg next hour. That said, fellas, things have gotten a little dicey <laughs> for Nebraska. What a difference a, week's ma- a week makes. I think Dolman nailed it last night on the Average Joe pod about, about Illinois beating Nebraska twice. Now, Northwestern's good. But Nebraska didn't look Nebraska-esque. That said, I have seen two 
uh, of the recent uh, bracketologies out. Lenardi has Nebraska as the four of the, the last by teams right now, correct? They're, they're, they're four, the last four in. On three, and they do a pretty good job of tracking this, the national on three folks, they have moved Nebraska to the first four out. Ooh. Kansas State, Nevada, Ole Miss, and then Nebraska. What do you believe right now? I believe, I believe they're probably in as a play-in. If I had to, if, if the season ended today, they're in as a play-in. And the question you got to ask yourself: What side of the fence do they fall on? Do they finish strong, or do they fall off and bump their head, uh, exiled to the NIT? And the schedule says they should finish strong. But you just never know. There's a lot of roller coaster this season. And Nebraska fans, Elijah, say it with me, PTSD. Yep. And uh, that's, that's for real. How do you think they, they, they finish this thing off? Are you worried about tomorrow at all? We'll get to Chip Kelly. We'll get to college football in a minute. But some bracketology news and notes out right now. Nebraska still in, allegedly. And Nebraska out in some uh, other publications. Uh, the first question being, are you worried about tomorrow? I don't understand you being a Husker basketball fan. I know they're playing at home. I don't think you can go into any game this year and say, I'm not worried. Something I've said a long time. I said it yesterday. I said it last week. I said it multiple weeks ago. This Husker team is not good enough to feel confident against anybody within the Big Ten. I think they're good enough to beat anybody within the Big Ten. I don't think they're good enough that they can feel like they can just go walk in to a game and and take down Michigan, take down anyone in the Big Ten for that matter. You feel good because they're at home. You feel all right because they have a week off afterwards. I think Fred Hoiberg, especially at home, is going to have this team ready to go and say, you know what, you got to earn that week off. You got to earn that time of rest. It means nothing if you go into it with a loss. I think this team is going to be ready to play. Michigan, though, they have some feel-good energy going following a a big win over Wisconsin, and that's kind of where Michigan is, too, is – is there a team that, I mean, similar to just about anybody in the Big Ten, I think is good enough to beat anybody? There's been a lot of issues with that Michigan team this year, though. So that's where I'll start. If you're a Husker fan and you feel confident about tomorrow, more credit to you. You haven't fallen victim to the Husker PTSD. As for Nebraska on the bubble watch, one of the things you have to evaluate and one of the things we've talked about a long time is this is not a a, a defining year for the Big Ten, if you will. It's not the best season that the Big Ten has had in basketball. And as it currently stands... Nebraska, I know there's some tiebreakers at play here, but Nebraska currently ninth in the Big Ten standings. Nine teams from the Big Ten are not going to make it into the Big Ten this year. I think we can all go around the table here and agree that there's not going to be nine teams from the Big Ten into the big dance. Nebraska currently sits in ninth. I think they're better on paper and and really in actuality too than a couple of teams ahead of them in the conference standings. But the simple matter of the fact is, is they are not ahead of them in the conference standings right now. So you really got to chop wood with some teams you're expected to beat down the stretch, get back into a a top six positioning within the the big 10 top four be great. So you can get the double buy. But I think if you're sitting in five or sixth, you get that first round buy. you get a good chance to get a win in the big 10 tournament. If you finish five or sixth, and get a win in the Big Ten tournament, that's probably enough to get in. But as it stands right now, Nebraska has to take care of business down the stretch against teams that they're expected to beat. Yeah, tomorrow's interesting. And if you're a Husker fan, you could feel good, I think, about tomorrow. Now, obviously, you don't want to be like, yeah, Nebraska's going to walk into PBA and just you know wipe the floor with Michigan because just look at their record, right? They just beat Wisconsin at home. They're playing better they're not a great second-half team. They halted a five-game losing streak after beating Wisconsin, too, may I add. 
And they're not going to have their leading scorer, Doug McDaniel, because he's out with a suspension on the road. I don't know what the details of that are, but it's just kind of a weird thing where he doesn't play road games. So that's a big storyline. suspended in, in this late in February? Well, it, well it's, it's, early, it's an earlier suspension, but he can't play in road games for whatever reason. It's very odd. It was like but, well, it was like a seven-game <laughs> suspension, but only in but road only games? road games. It's weird. But he won't be playing tomorrow, so that's a big thing to look out for. Um, as Elijah mentioned, the week off is right after this game, so it, it's essentially like football. If you can get a win heading into your bye week, that's huge, especially mm-hmm. this stage of the game. So it's a favorable game on Saturday tomorrow for Nebraska. I think they can slash will win. Who knows what it's going to look like? I don't really think you care about what it looks like at the end of the day, uh, but I, I think Nebraska can win uh, tomorrow over Michigan. And then you talk about bracketology. I think last four buys is probably accurate. Um, again, you look at some of the losses that you, that they have, but you also look at some of the wins that they have. And now Kansas State beating Kansas helps. Obviously, you've beaten some of the upper echelon in your league. I know Wisconsin has been slipping a little bit, but you still have that win over Purdue, which is going to take you a long, long way. You've split with Northwestern. There's no problem with that. Again, you go back to the Illinois game and you think, man, if they would have gotten that one, that would have been huge. And I think you feel even better now. But you have a favorable stretch coming up here. And I get it. The Big Ten is chaos from top to bottom. But it starts with tomorrow. I think tomorrow is a winnable game for Nebraska. They just got to go out and execute. And uh, hopefully the home crown could carry them there. And quickly, one thing here on on McDaniel, just to throw it in. The school announced it as a six-game road suspension. Uh, Juwan Howard, though announced it as a suspension until further notice for road games. Uh, It's academic progress, some uh, academic goals and standards that he needs to meet. So Juwan Howard did not announce as a six game. He announced as until further notice. He's our leading scorer too, by the way. I don't know if I said that, but he's our leading scorer. It's a a huge loss for Michigan. If if, if they don't have him, we're working on the assumptions they don't have him considering what the school said. But I think it should be noted that Juwan Howard just said, until he's able to meet these academic goals, he's going to be suspended for road games. And that's where the road suspension comes in for, yeah, you can still get all your academic work done at home, but once you hit the road, we don't trust you, I guess, is what the, or, what the, the current situation is. Or you've had a really poor showing getting back at 2 a.m. and making that 8 a.m. class. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe he's just enjoying uh, the, the other campuses in the Big Ten a little bit, a little bit too much. And who knows? Good for him. There's some uh, some legendary uh, 1960s stories of Huskers sneaking out of bed check or or making their way out of bed check uh, using uh, bed sheets and uh, Super Bowl week. So I think Max McGee was the hungover Super Bowl hero for the Packers, the wide receiver. He kept getting fined by Lombardi. And Lombardi's like, this is the last time. Next fine's going to be 500 bucks, And if you find a, a gal that is worth getting fined $500 for, let me know and I'll come with you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was the old uh, anecdote from, uh, from, from uh, Super Bowl week. Tying suspensions all together. So we'll hear from Damon Benning. He'll join Herd at Sports back on Monday morning. It's uh, 7 a.m. That's huge Excited news. to talk with Damon next. We'll check in there. And the uh, other last four in, Peron 3, Northwestern, St. John's, A&M, and Washington State. 
there's just a lot of similarities between Nebraska and Northwestern. Uh, and Nebraska got Wisconsin when they were number six. They got K-State, who looks better now. And, and quite honestly, the, these last couple of losses, fellas, they're not bad. There's no shame on paper in losing by 12 at Northwestern. It's how you look. There's no shame in losing because you look great against Illinois. But some of your other road losses, you've looked pretty horrible. And if you watch the Northwestern game, Nebraska put about five minutes at the beginning of the game, five minutes at the end of the game. That's 10 minutes out of 40 that they looked competitive or or interested. Uh, Damon Benning on the way. Bill Dolman checks in next hour. Great to be with you on a Friday as it's Hale Varsity. And we're powered by Cornhead Lager. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and we say hi to Damon Benning uh, with the Husker Network. And Damon, good to, good to have you back on, man. How we doing? I'm good, man. I appreciate it. It's uh, been a long, long five months, and haven't talked to you guys in a while, man. So I, I, I appreciate uh, anytime somebody wants to talk to me. I thank you, yeah, Damon. Enlighten us here really fast. What do you do five months not on the air? I don't think Schmitty has gone five months not on the air. Maybe this well, entire I life. have, but it was not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there there were some tough days. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there there are a couple people that that uh, that that I talk to that I kind of confide in as as contemporaries and and uh, I just had to figure some things out I, I didn't know if it was if it was burnout if it was you know was a stress was I just not in my sweet spot was you know was, was there some other calling that I you know should I be making more of an impact am I what am I missing here so it was tough uh, you know it was uh you know, I lost my dad and and my brother um, two years apart in in seventeen and 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 nineteen, and so their birthdays are in September and October. The fall is historically tough on me uh, anyway over the last couple of years. So I it wasn't uh, it wasn't quite a vacation. You know, I had to take some time and. And, and figure out kind of what was what. You know, Caleb obviously being recruited. Um, I had I had given a lot of uh, myself, I think, 
on the airwaves and me in the community. And it was, I just needed to, to, to kind of dial back. So I think over those five months, uh, I spent a lot of time with my mom, right? I, I've never picked up so many prescriptions and taken her to so many appointments and done grocery shopping. And, um, you know, it gave me a chance to, to, to get my little girl ready for school and, and pick her up from school. And, you know, financially, it wasn't always easy, but, you know, I, I tried to, to plan and prepare as, as best I could. But, you know, for the most part, it, it gave me a time to, to kind of settle down and, and be appreciative of, of, of the gifts that, that I had. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm ready to roll. So it wasn't, uh, there was some down times, but there was some good times too, man. I, I don't know. You guys probably have a lot more friends than me, so you should try spending some time alone in your own heads. Like that's not always a, a good place to be. Damon Benning with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Damon back on Herd at Sports uh, on Monday morning, the twelfth of February. And Damon, thanks for for sharing um, just your a little bit of your soul with us there, just uh, with your your downtime and great to have you back. And uh, we moved to to a little football because that's something you know and excel at, obviously, along with other topics and sports. And as we uh, get geared up for spring football, I know you're smiling. I know you're excited uh, with uh, this this twenty twenty four class. But uh, thoughts as, as Coach Rule put a bow on it here on Wednesday. Yeah, I thought he was, you know, it's funny. I, I used to think there was this stretch, and you guys know me, it's like there was this stretch. I, when, when we first started to hit it off, right, January and February, and we would spend this time talking, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's almost too good to be true. And then there was this stretch in, you know, March and April, and I'm like, oh, gosh, he's, like, totally playing chess, and I'm I'm playing checkers. Like, I feel like he's sizing me up every time I see him. And over time, you know, <laughs> the recruiting cycle went on. I'm like, I watched the season. You know, I'm, I'm obviously traveling with the team, and I'm doing the games. I'm like, no, this this guy's really authentic. This is just who he is and you got to be really secure and buckle up so when i'm listening to him uh, during his presser there were so many little nuggets right the kind of how he described the portal and why you go get some guys and why you don't why you like homegrown why do you like where your culture is um what is it about glenn thomas that you you like um, and you give a, a Matt Ryan, a PJ Walker, and a Charlie Brewer reference all in one comment, right? Three guys that couldn't be more different, right? Even the two pros and PJ and Ryan are in stark contrast to one another. Brewer was, is is the most different of the three, but the same guy worked with all of them. Meanwhile, at the same time. He is really, really honest about Coach Satterfield. And he says, you know, he's kind of an aggressive guy. You know, he sometimes you can't always be like that with quarterbacks. And and I think he's going to be really good with the tight ends. But I want him to call plays because, you know, I think Sat's a smart guy and the terminology is the same. And I'm just listening to him and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, he's giving you 
he's he's giving you the tea, right? He's never settled. He's constantly evaluating, and he's not afraid to push buttons. But all the meanwhile, guys, he's like he's telling you the thoughts behind the process. I, I thought I, I was very encouraged. He just continues to double down on on why our family and and. Uh, you know, a lot of the state and, 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 and a lot of the country you know, believe in what he's doing. Damon, you mentioned that, you know, Matt Rule is a very authentic personality. He's a very outgoing personality, and it feels like he's very transparent about the program and what he thinks about it, whether that's recruiting, performance on the field, whatever you may have it. What do you make of that in a college football world where sometimes it really feels like you don't get transparency at all at some programs? That's a fantastic question. You've got a great radio voice. I don't know if you've ever thought about doing radio, but that voice is pretty good. I'm thinking about it. Um, <laughs> it's it's a great question because I think as a as a as a team as a as a as a brain trust, whether it's the athletic department, uh, the interim president, coach rule. This is the first time in 20-some-odd years where I felt like everybody was pulling in the same direction with one united common goal, and that's the betterment of student-athletes and, and to promote the University of Nebraska. And so when you ask me that question about transparency and being authentic and kind of how that fits in 2024, I think it was very, very calculated. If you spend some time with Trev and you talk to him or you listen to him on the network or wherever, right, he's, he's never um, really complacent. He's, he's constantly trying to put, put Nebraska in a place where he thinks they're at the forefront, whether it's stadium renovation, whether it's, it's NIL, whether it's collectives in-house, whether it's expansion of television networks. Um, everything that he's talked about is – is about positioning the university to be a player in the future. And he's not afraid to push the envelope, right? We've got the spring game at 11 and everybody's in and up for, and you know what? I think he's willing to roll the dice because if it doesn't go off like he wants it to in this whole Nebraska day concept that I think he wants to have on a full Saturday in, in, in April, he'll learn from it and he'll move on, which is exactly what his coach embodies he starts with a premise he has an idea he's very authentic he'll process it as it goes along he'll try some new things and if it doesn't go the way that he wants it to he'll tinker with it as they move along and i think as a twosome and as a department what they're trying to do and this is why it's a fantastic question is their authenticity and their ability to make Nebraska be a very, very difficult place to want to leave. Hey, we offer this, we offer that, we offer this, we, we can do this. This is what we believe in, and this is a united front. we got state-of-the-art facilities. We're doing uh, facilities renovation for the fan base. And uh, collectively, we want to do this as an athletic department. And this is how we, we view um, – you know, television packages and streaming services and what we want to do with our student athletes. We want to get this back to being a place where it's like, what is going on here? What's the secret sauce? How do you have guys like Lawrence Pete and, and Tommy Frazier and, 
uh, Terry Keneally and all these guys that aren't from, you know, Omaha, Lincoln. The Oh, Terry's Hyannis, right? So I get he's in the state. But how they want to stay so close to the university after they're done playing, it's primarily because they thought of it as a family. And it's very, very hard to move and leave family. It's why... I think collectively the way that Nebraska and Coach Rule have tried to build this athletic department and this football team culturally, that's how you get Ty Robinsons to come back. That's how you get your entire staff to go cheer on Nash Hutmaker at his first wrestling meet. That's why you get Tony White to be able to say no uh, to the overtures of, of other schools. That's how you get guys to come back to school. Like They can't get rid of guys because – there's something special brewing. And I think collectively as a group from the athletic department and, and, and the football staff, they want to combat the transfer portal and pay for play and NLI and all that other stuff with making Nebraska seem like this is family, this is a very difficult place to play. And I think you hear that in his authenticity when he talks about what he wants in his players his staff, uh, from top to bottom. The consistency of the message has been nothing short of, of pretty impressive. Damon Benning with us here on Hale Varsity. Uh, Damon back on fr- Monday morning uh, with Third at Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We'll keep chatting with Damon here. We're up against a hard break, so we'll uh, have more with Damon on the other side. Good to have him back. Reminder, to get buckled up, use your seatbelt. It saves lives and prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click. This message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. We'll get into some Super Bowl food thoughts with uh, Damon Benning. That's got all of our tummies growling. Brennan from the Black Hills just giving us a shout-out saying, look, our local butcher uh, has the ultimate Super Bowl spread, brisket, pulled pork, ribs, Carved turkey, Texas hot links, potato salad, coleslaw, buffalo chicken dip, and six poppers just for 70 bucks. That's not bad at all. Sign me up. Road trip. Road trip yeah. tonight to the uh, to the Black Hills. I'm in. I just can't drive. Every time I go to the Black Hills, I get nailed for speeding. I mean, I'll drive your car. <laughs> if you pay for gas, I'll drive. <laughs> all right. It's done. Uh, more with Damon Benning, Bill Dolman coming up. Clausburn on the way with Hale Varsity. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Damon Benning with us here on Hale Varsity. Damon back with Herd at Sports Monday morning at seven on AM five ninety uh, KFOR and the. Superstation in central Nebraska. Damon, you nailed it. The trick to this era of college football is to to make it a place that you really in, you like being at. You like the people you, yeah. you work with, you, you, yeah. you play for. You uh, you work that, that position group room together, and, and that is easier said than done. And uh, I think you nailed it with, uh, with Rule and Trev and, and kind of their vision. Uh, want to get your take on some news and notes in the college football world today. Speaking of uh, hard or easy to leave, Chip Kelly's yeah. landed in Columbus, <laughs> uh, going yeah. from a head job 
at UCLA, now uh, as uh, as Ryan Day's OC. Yeah, that, so there's a lot of moving parts there, right? Whether it's it's Bill O'Brien who was just going to come on mm-hmm. in Columbus a, a couple of weeks ago, and that was new, and everybody was thinking, oh, you know, why would Bill O'Brien do X, Y, and Z? Or, you know, you, you just asked me about Chip Kelly, kind of the byproduct of, of Bill O'Brien going to Boston College. Why would a guy that's ran his own program for X amount of years, whether it's Oregon or San Francisco or, or UCLA, go to be an OC. And you never, ever know. It's different strokes for different folks. And a lot of times it depends on their accomplishments, uh, their peace of mind, where they want to be, where they're kind of comfortable being. And, and so you, you try to look at that as a fit. But I, I, would, I would say this, like on the surface, um, you get a real type A guy like Ryan Day, um, who, for whatever the reason, is as great as his record has been at Columbus. Uh, obviously, he has not had success lately against Michigan. So to say Ryan Day and, and hot seat or consternation or turmoil in Columbus seems kind of absurd, right? They're, I mean, they're constantly playing in the postseason. But that's where college football has gone, right? It's like, well, they've become their own benchmark, and so – We've got to tinker and adjust. And so if you're Chip Kelly, you're thinking, oh, man, I, I know I kind of strung UCLA along. There were a ton of reports here the last two, three months. I know the portal is going to open again here in whatever that is, April. Um, boy, I'm going to really put my school in a, in, a, in a tough spot. But because all the coaching vacancies are filled, where can I go knowing – and I don't want to – I try to never have my hand in anybody's pockets, right? What you make is what you make. But I would assume he's done well financially. Uh, he's at an age where I'm not sure what it feels like he has to prove. So maybe he's going where he's comfortable, right, where all the things that have worked for him and he can kind of offset in Columbus, you know, the best of both worlds – Maybe that's a good fit for him. But I but I would always caution people this. Because you get a couple of guys that are accomplished in different areas and you put them together doesn't mean that it's magic together. They're, they're you know, the greatest human or the greatest variable in the world is human behavior. So we'll see how that plays out on paper. You're thinking, oh, offensive coordinator, genius, like, like Chip Kelly. Oh, that's got to be great with a guy like Ryan Day, who's situational play calling and, and, and whatever the fans in Columbus think about what his shortcomings are would be a great fit. But there has to be a common vision, a common message, and the players, the players have to believe in the authenticity of the message that you're telling them. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. So, you know, college, college sports is, is ever-evolving, but at the end of the day, I can't tell you how important it is, especially with the, this current age of student-athletes in, in high school, which I've, 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 I've been around for the last 20 years, consistency of the message and the ability to show up every day being other-centered is, is, is the key to success. Even at Alabama, at Michigan, at Georgia, Right, a lot of five stars, a lot of guys that have been highly recruited. It's still the ability to say, "Yep, I believe in what you're telling me. I'm I'm willing to do my role." And there are other things that are more important than my own individual accolades. Like that's what those schools share in common, and it starts at the top with consistency of message. 
Damon Bidding with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Damon, before we get you out of here, we're about to lock in our Super Bowl picks here on the show. So I need to get your thoughts. First off, what's on the menu on Sunday evening? Secondly, who do you got? 49ers, Chiefs, maybe some keys to the game. Oh, the menu's tough. You know, I'm a foodie. So um, I'm thinking I'm going to sous vide and smoke some chuck eyes, right? The poor man's ribeye. I may slice those up for steak sandwiches. I've got some Asiago cheese. Uh, it's a loaf that I can slice. Um, I have some prosciutto. I've got types of cheeses. I have wings. So I have options. The problem is I don't have any friends. So I don't know who's like, I don't know who's going to eat it. But the menu is something probably along the lines of steak sandwiches, a charcuterie board, a wing, something like that where I can kind of just graze all day. Um, but with the matchup, I think it's going to be fantastic. I, I think the 49ers are the better team, better roster. Um, you know, I always try to pay attention to what's happening with lines and lines mo- line movement, uh, not as a diehard gambler, but as a guy that likes to get a feel of the game. And I can still get Travis Kelsey plus money for an anytime touchdown. That seems too easy. All those hotels and buffets are built in Vegas on easy prop bets like that. So I'm going to take the off my line, Brock Purdy, the totality of the roster. Uh, You know, I think Wilkes and and that defensive unit have heard all about how good the Chiefs have been. And it's just too easy to take Mahomes with a point or two. I'm going to, I'll take the Niners. I think the defense finally, at least in the first half and the second half, act like the 49ers that we thought we were getting at the beginning of the 23-3 season. I'll take the Niners in a close one, but I hate going against Mahomes. When the season started and I had to make my Super Bowl picks, I had the Niners going against the Bills after the Bills beat the Niners, or excuse me, the Bills beat the Chiefs and the AFC Championship, and I said, I don't feel good about that because I don't think that Josh Allen can beat Mahomes. I just don't like the Chiefs receiving core. So I'm going to fast forward and say, insert Niners versus the Chiefs. I don't feel great about it because Mahomes is the greatest player on the planet, but I just think the Niners defense finally finds a way to make it really, really difficult on Kansas City. Damon, we'll be over at four, and um, uh, we'll uh, we'll bring some chips and dip. Hey, you, right? you, and we kind of traded ideas. We like steaks and cooking and yes. smoking and all that stuff. You're more than welcome, man. Like I said, it'll, I'll probably <laughs> just be here with the fam. So if, if you want to show up, man, I'll I'll send you the address, and you can help me. Uh, you can help me cook. I know you like to dabble. Damon, thanks so much for the time today. Damon Benning back on Herd Ant Sports. Monday at 7 a.m. on 590 KFOR and, uh, of course, uh, the uh, Superstation in central Nebraska. Damon, have a good weekend. Thanks for the time. Hey, you guys enjoy it. And like I said, when I grew up, I want a cool radio voice, too. Man, you guys do good work. <laughs> good to hear from Damon. Uh, Connor, uh, keep the, uh, the marbles flowing. Elijah, you the same. Chris Schmidt will wind down this first hour with Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Tony White. Uh Uh-oh, his name's floating around again. 
And now, and now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Tail Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Hale Varsity YouTube channels, where you can watch the show, can hear us across the Hale Varsity Radio Network. You miss a segment or the entire show, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with the Hale Varsity uh, Radio Show, the podcast. Get that downloaded. Tell a friend. Give us a review. Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Chris Schmidt is uh, Pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman coming up in 10 minutes. Some thoughts from Fred Hoiberg in uh, the second hour. And then Clausburn, the Friday forecast, our NFL predictions. A quick thought on Chip Kelly and UCLA to Ohio State. You have the reality of, of a head coach that's still talented, that quite frankly just wants to get paid and call plays. Doesn't want to jack with all the other crap that college football coaches have to deal with right now. Conversely, and we'll get Billy D's thoughts on this, you have Bruce Feldman, uh, one of the, the top insiders of college football, has the, uh, the short list for who's going to take or who would be a good fit for that UCLA job. Fellas, uh, Tony White is on this list. I, I think it's flattering. I think timing-wise, it's a reach because you don't go land Kyoto White away from UCLA if, if you're Tony White in Nebraska only to, to know that this job is open where the defensive coordinator would depart. I think Tony White's awesome. I hope he gets a great head job. I think he's here, and it's, it's just a, let's put his name out there not that he's not worthy or warranted, but I don't think it's it's a reality. I hope we don't have to burn this tape. How would Fleck work? How does that grab well, both of you? I think the, the bigger issue here, and this goes for both White and Fleck, is you have to look at the guy who just left. Like, how bad must it be at UCLA? And we, we've heard plenty about their NIL 17th ranked recruiting class in the Big Ten. Issues within their athletic department. Like, you just had a head coach, a guy named Chip Kelly, leave Los Angeles to go live in Ohio for a less prestigious job. You're going from head coach to coordinator, and you're taking a pay cut to do it. What does that say about the UCLA job to everyone in the country? And you, you're going to work for a guy you used to coach, yeah. so you now got to go take orders. <laughs> exactly. Like, all of this combined, that is a flashing warning sign to every candidate in the country. Do not take this job. Now, obviously, dollars and cents rule. A guy in Tony White, maybe he wants to get the head coaching job. Maybe he's been looking for a spot like UCLA. No, it's on the West Coast. He went there, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's factors that add up, but the big warning sign flashing in big letters is, look what just happened to Chip Kelly. He has taken a worse job for a pay cut in a worse area. I understand Ohio State's been a juggernaut recently, but that should be a warning sign across the country to, to how difficult that UCLA job is and just how overall bad that job could be for whoever goes and takes it. You're not appreciated. You almost got S-canned last year, and you beat USC. You went 3-3 three and three against him in your six years there. But it's apples to oranges, Connor, when it comes to funding. Your two top assistants left to go work for USC because it's a private school. They can pay whatever the hell they want. I mean, sorry, not to cut on your toes, Connor, but UCLA is little brother to USC, who's little brother mm-hmm. to yeah. the Rams, who is little brother to the Clippers, That's who is little brother to the Lakers. To say, You're yeah. so far down the pecking order. Yeah, it's, it's little brother at the end of the day. and It's a tough spot to be in, and yeah, I, I kind of agree. There's a lot of warning signs saying, hey, there's, there's something off here. I, I don't know. 
Yeah. Fleck, Fleck has, has been buried by a pro town in Minneapolis. He's done a great job at Minnesota. Does he fit in L.A.? We'll, we'll dive into that and Husker Hoops next. He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a 6 ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Cotter Clark, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor. Bill Dolman is in. He's in his office, locked in, not literally locked in, but locked in to talk some ball with us here. Can watch this portion of the show, as always, on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or live on Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Billy D, what are you doing? How's the week been? Thanks for joining us. Well, I can finally uh, stop driving around with a Great Dane in the mystery van trying to figure out what happened to Connor Clark because he has been AWOL from the College of <laughs> Journalism and Mass Communications for the past uh, week or so. So I'm glad that uh, you were able to, to to find him. And he would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for those meddling kids. You, you didn't even well find played. me, which I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed. Well, I just did. No, you know, I came if, to if you. You're trying to, if you're trying to, you know, be incognito right now, you're doing a bad job of it. <laughs> Tiger Shark Diver has been quite hilarious this week, kind of like Connor's attendance. And uh, Chris and Elijah, we're sa- are we going to interview Putin next week? Is, is that our next assignment? Okay, let me lay something out. First off, I will say I think that is a very important interview. You can uh, react to it however you'd like. I think it is important that uh, Putin was interviewed. I think the last people in America that should be interviewing Putin are probably Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel because we, we would, would not, not yep. come back. No, no, we'd come back. We just probably wouldn't take it with the necessary amount of seriousness that it requires. Nope. An interview like that. I think we'd, we'd probably turn it into a fun interview, which you, would, you really don't want given the current global climate, you know? No. <laughs> you, don't think, you don't think, you don't think uh, Putin's going to go busting with the boys anytime soon? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can I'd you imagine? That. <laughs> that would be an electric 90 minutes of a podcast. <laughs> Certain uh, genre of jokes, uh, some football talk, and <laughs> gee, Vlad, Tell me about the first person you killed, allegedly. <laughs> no, get me Shane Gillis, Will Compton, Taylor Lewan, and Vladimir Putin on the same podcast. It'd break records. Maybe add Theo Vaughn on there as well, just for, for some fun. Especially especially if you want to, you know, you mentioned this, what, last week or a couple weeks ago, the, uh, the the talk about having an all-PED Olympics? Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that incredible? I'm going to War Horse tomorrow, if that's the case. <laughs> I, know, I know who all my money's going on. Mark McGuire. Well, listen, listen. There, just because there's no more East Germany. <laughs> all right. The East yeah. German swim team. Best goatees in, 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 in the Olympics. And okay. I, I don't care. I'm still taking Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds and the, the American steroid baseball team over the Russian steroid baseball team. I agree. You know, that, you know that's fair. I think, and I think that's, that's a debate worth having. <laughs> we have gone that direction uh yes bill let me let me let me say a quick little aside to um a a race i called a few years ago there was a a russian speed skater uh who became like the first uh uh, the first man to ever break whatever the the you know in in speed skating the 500 is the it's the sprint 
right? And that's like, if you can break, I think it was 35 seconds. That was akin to breaking the four-minute mile around Roger Bannister. So this 19-year-old from Russia is the first to go sub, we'll say 35 seconds. Might have been 34 seconds. First one to break that uh, unbreakable mark. And then they find out that he had been enhanced, right? Mm -hmm. So he gets suspended for a couple of years. I think he missed an Olympics. And then after a two or four year suspension, he comes back and on the same track in Salt Lake City, the fastest speed skating track in the world, he did it again. And it's like, I think when you spend that time away, you're, you're supposed to reflect on and get stuff out of your system. You don't come or, back from suspension for PEDs and break the record again and the first time back on the track. Or you figure out a better way to hide using yeah, 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 that, that suspension is the masking agent years. is the, the masking agent is what we're talking about here. No, I was gonna say that that, that, that two years suspension bill. gave him two years of untested training. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean he trained I with Drago. Little, I think you come back a little pudgy, maybe. You're looking to break thirty-eight. You know, just don't come back and break the world record that you set while you were enhanced, all right? Be smarter about it. Don't hate the player, hate the game. (laughs) Either that or or hire a a, a pee tester for you. You Now, if you were to have the the PED games, you know, it might be like 27 seconds and Blades of Glory and whatnot, (laughs) you know? And if you lose the the gold and... By a tenth of a second, you you rage out and you rip your skate off and stab somebody. <laughs> Isn't there a South Park episode about this? Possibly. Probably. Uh, <laughs> possibly. Bill, let's dive in. Uh, latest bracketology, Nebraska last four in. In some instances, Nebraska first four out per on three. Monster seven games left. Uh, yeah, the Wizenator was 20 years ago. Uh, tiger, yeah, shark, diver. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what it was. Yeah, he was a running back from Oregon. Un- Ontario Smith, I think, was busted <laughs> for it <laughs> 20 years ago. Back to, to bracketology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what side of the bubble do you believe Nebraska's on right now? I think that the college basketball community wants to put Nebraska in the tournament. I think that there's a lot of uh, love and goodwill for Fred Hoiberg, uh, for the guy that he is, the way he conducts his business. And I think he's one of those uh, the coaches that his peers in the media um, are, are hoping that they can get over the uh, – I hate saying get over the hump, but that Nebraska can get the job done. And I think if they get that one road win, that that's going to be – the, the conversation in Nebraska will will change dramatically from in, out, bubble, yes, no, to Nebraska's in, and then they move on. I really think that this year that there is goodwill toward Fred and his team. You know, I think people appreciate the way Nebraska plays too, right? I don't think it's just because, well, we like Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska ought to get in. Look, Nebraska dominated Purdue. They dominated Wisconsin. They beat up on Indiana. Um you know they, uh, they they handled Ohio State. They've they've done everything they they could possibly do at home, but they just can't win on the road. But I think as soon as Nebraska gets that that road win, even if it's a singular win against a team that's in quad eight, I think the conversation will turn and Nebraska will go from being uh, in conversations to solidly in, move on. Well, who's our next? Uh, who's the next talk? 
topic. Bill, could you make the argument, just looking at the upcoming schedule, it's not as strong as, say, the first 60% or so of the Big Ten schedule was before that Nebraska needs to get two on the road to feel really good about it? Obviously, you need one at, at the bare minimum, but you get Ohio State, who you've beaten, you get Indiana, who you've beaten, and you get Michigan, who you probably should beat tomorrow, all on the road. I feel like you need to get two of those. Not only is Nebraska on the road for those games, their three coaches are all on the hot seat at home, right? Uh, Chris Holtzman at Ohio State, Mike Woodson surprisingly at Indiana, and uh, uh, Jawan Howard at Michigan. You know, what? what is the air going to be like, the atmosphere going to be like going into those road games? Do you have players who are playing for their, their coaches' jobs? Is that going to be the case, or is it going to be like eh, – we don't really want to even go to the NIT, you know, so we're going to pack it in at the end of February and call it good because our expectations, Indiana, at the beginning of the season, Michigan, were much, much higher. I really think, yeah, maybe for most teams, especially if you don't have a win over number one and you don't have a win over number six and you haven't, you know, beaten everybody you should beat at home, I think maybe, yeah, you're looking at they've got to get two and steal one in the tournament. But given the way Nebraska has played, I think for the most part, it's it, shall I say, one and done. If they if if it's one, they're done in the, they're going to be in the tournament. I really believe that, and I think that that it sets up well with the teams that they have. <laughs> We've been saying this for a while. Look, those are all three winnable, no question about it. And if they have the same kind of effort that they did at Illinois, mm-hmm. which you saw up close and personal on our surveillance uh, camera view, um, <laughs> that. If they have that same kind of effort that they had against Illinois, they could win not one, not two, but all three of those games. I agree. You know, because that they look great against Illinois. They just didn't get, you know, some help at some critical times, if you know what I mean. Um, but if <laughs> but if they play like they did at Illinois, they can't. You just can't let Illinois beat you again. Because Illinois beat them at Northwestern. And, and, and if they go winless on the road, they're going to look back at those games that we talked about at Minnesota and Rutgers. And those are the ones that are going to be the ones that did them in. Bill, you mentioned a, a second ago the respect that Fred Hoiberg has from both media and his, his coaching peers. And not only does Nebraska have that in Fred Hoiberg, they have a guy in Matt Rule leading the football team who seems to be respected by media, as evidenced by Kirk Herbstreet and his comments this week, as well as his other coaching peers. I want to get your thoughts. Why is that important at a place like Nebraska to have coaches that are well-respected? Because these coaches are on a very high platform. Right. Uh, At a place like the not just Nebraska football, which, again, Nebraska matters. I will say this. I say this all the time when they whenever anybody tells you that Nebraska is not relevant, that only solidifies Nebraska's relevancy, because if you're talking about them, they're relevant. Right. And when you're at Nebraska, where you are on a large platform and, and people pay attention, you're not lost to a certain extent, like Chip Kelly was at UCLA because you're buried amidst all the other things in Los Angeles or in Miami or, you know, down in the state of Texas with all of the other schools. If you're the head football coach at a program like Nebraska, at Michigan, at Ohio State, at Penn State, where you are really on a stage and not sharing it very much, you are going to get a lot more of it, more attention, right? So, I, and when you conduct yourself in, in, in a certain way and, and you are engaging with the media, you're accessible to the media, uh, your players, you know, seem to represent the school very well, 
you know, you're going to get that kind of respect and you're not going to be uh, a sideshow where people are going to take sides on you. For the most part, the biggest knock against Matt Rule is that he did not succeed with the Carolina Panthers. And from his firing to today, you can probably say that was probably a good thing. Ask Frank Reich, right, how that organization has been run over the last, what, four or five years under David Tepper. The best thing that could have happened to Matt Rule, <laughs> he's not doesn't have to work for that guy anymore. But really, if you look at it, that's the biggest knock is, well, Matt Rule couldn't get it done in the NFL. Well, neither could Nick Saban. Matt Rule and the last several coaches couldn't get it done in Carolina because it's been a, a tire fire. Right. Bill, a thought here. We've got a little bit of time. Chip Kelly to Ohio State. I get it. But what about Fleck? Tony White's mentioned in Bruce Feldman's story. I think it's too soon, bad timing, especially with the Keona Wilhite get, right, how important he was, uh, Tony White was to get Wilhite with the UCLA flirtation. Who, who, who wants that job? It's a tough, tough job because of the, the public funding, the NIL situation. We're talking a major demotion professionally for a guy like Chip Kelly voluntarily, okay, to go – as an OC to go work for a guy that, that you just used to coach thought I, I, on that. And, and then UCLA, where do they go? Is, is Flack a, a perfect fit for La La Land? It might be, it might be. I think that we all agree that maybe that, you know, the boat has rode its course in Minnesota as far as it can go. And he's just you know, rode might, in the might start a leak. Right. So, so maybe, maybe new territory for PJ Fleck who doesn't, you know, doesn't mind the cameras. Maybe LA is a great place for him. I, I'm kind of the contrarian here. I, I'm not sure that, that Chip Kelly is taking a demotion here. I, I think he might be leaving a situation that's maybe not very good. Not so minimal. if you're Tony White, yeah, do you want a job at a play, at the head job at the place that you once coached? Would he do well there? Maybe, but is that is that really the the boat you want to get on? Is it a good job that Rule asked That's about? the question. I mean, at this point, you want to go there and go, I'm not quite sure that's that's a great place. Minnesota might be better for a Tony White than UCLA, given all that UCLA is going to be facing as it moves into the Big Ten era. Who knows what Chip Kelly has left them with or what kind of administration that they have. Uh, You know, living in California is pretty expensive. And, you know, with everything that's going on politically, culturally, athletically out in L.A., people were saying, you know, well, Nebraska is going to get off to a great start next year and then they're going to fade in the second half of the football season. And they're going to lose to UCLA. I'm like, they were like seven and six last year. They were going to fire Chip Kelly. He abandoned Chip now. And but look, I don't think it's necessarily a bad a bad deal for him. If it's not working out, you land as a, a as an offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Take a year away, two away, and then go find another. Go find Minnesota or some other job if you want to get back and be a head coach one more time. You know, it worked out leaving. I can. What was the guy? He was a volleyball coach at Minnesota or at Wisconsin, and he took him to a Final Four, built it up into one of the dominant programs mm-hmm. in the country, and then willingly left to become an assistant head coach for a legend, and then took over and won four more national championships. I think that might have been the John Cook story. I'm not saying Chip Kelly is in this. This is the same, going to have the same success in the same next chapter, but you know what? Get away from a bad situation. Go be an offensive coordinator for a coach you trust. 
rebuild your resume, your reputation, and then go find another job and finish out your career. I think it's a smart move for him, and I think it's one that he can afford to take and make. Super Bowl prediction, about uh, 45 seconds. What happens Sunday? Less than that, about 15 seconds. 15 seconds. Well, okay, real, real quick, I just I don't know how the San Francisco 49ers can overcome having to practice on the UNLV uh, uh, campus. <laughs> I think something like that is just way too much in your head. And uh, I, I think Andy Reid uh, gets the best of Kyle, Ch- Kyle Shannon because I don't think the 49ers have looked that good in the playoffs. So I think the Chiefs win again. Sorry, Elijah. There we go. Billy D, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for the time today. All right, boys. See you. There he is, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Bill Dolman with us. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Bill Dolman, Damon Benning. Today's show will get to Clausburn and the Friday forecast with uh, some Nebraska projection projections, predictions. Next segment, and of course, our Super Bowl thoughts and some props. Elijah has the uh, the props picked out. We can hit on 489-1240. Open phones here till about 540. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and can watch the show. Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Guys, before we get into some Fred Hoiberg comments, Nebraska, Michigan, the all-important question is, as we dive into some food and munchie discussions for Super Bowl Sunday, uh, bone-in wings or boneless? How do you lead? I will say really fast, we might have to have a, an extended chat here. Uh, the, the recording software in which we both had Hoiberg and our show recorded has crashed on me and is refusing to open back up. So I will work on that while you guys discuss this. I'll throw a right. point here in just a second. But give me so we have no, seconds. So we have no Fred? We're, I'm, I'm hoping to have it back here in just a second. No, you're fine. So did the computer just flake out completely on you? Just the software that we use and no free shows. Just the software that we use to... <laughs> to record audio and play it back for you over the air. It is crashed oh. and it is no longer responding Take and now I have a, yes. a window has popped up on the computer telling me, I know it's not responding but it's telling Here, me it's here's not what responding needs to and happen. here's suggested actions. If you look under the desk where you're at many, many years ago it's like that magic book in the movie American Pie there's a tire iron underneath your desk, Elijah and take that tire iron out and threaten said computer. <laughs> or throw it at it. We're back. We got it back. Yeah. Nice. See? I, it was no threat. No threat was necessary. Just you, the old just turn it off and it back on. Into again. existence. There you go. You speak it into existence. Now, unfortunately, that computer you're on that's that's moaning sounds like a boat motor to your left. That that computer was there when I started. <laughs> <laughs> Put another oh, quarter. This in. one, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I so, think I think we're anywho. on a, we're on a newer one now. I think. I think so. Sometimes you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Hmm. So, <laughs> uh, bone-in wings or boneless? Yay or nay? Um, I tend to believe there's no such thing as a boneless wing, because okay. a wing has a bone in it. So, right. I'm I'm going I'm going bone-in. I understand if you don't want to be messy, then you go with the quote-unquote boneless wing, but. I, I, you, I like you my give your friends problems slash hell if they if they go and they order boneless. No, because even though I'm not like 
I'm a stickler about calling them boneless wings. I don't care enough to get into an extended argument with my friends. You're, you're eating. <laughs> no, and, and I, I uh, tend to agree. So here's here's where the sticking point comes in. I understand the appeal of quote unquote boneless wings. You don't want to get your fingers all dirty. I think the biggest advantage to boneless wings, you can eat them with a fork. Yeah. You can't do that with a bone in wing. My problem being, if if I have a and we were talking with Damon. He's got the old the old Chuck eye that he's rocking with this weekend right. for the Super Bowl. If you were to hand that to me and call it a ribeye, it's simply not what it is. I'd be I'd be concerned. I'd be disturbed. I'd be slightly angry if if you were like, you know what? I got ribeyes that were cooking up, and I show up, and you got Chuck eyes. That's kind of to me. Whenever you say, <laughs> "Hey," she told me there were going to be ribeyes. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> well, if you tell me there's going to be wings somewhere, oh, and I so show bad. up, and there's these little bites of chicken tender that have been deep fried yeah, and, right? and slathered in sauce. That's not a wing. And I, some people seem to define a <laughs> wing agree. as being chicken that is, you know, drenched in, in buffalo sauce or whatever sauce you like on your wings. That's not the defining factor of wings to me. The defining factor of wings to me is that it comes from the wing of a bird. Yes, it is a part of the chicken, a specific part. It's got a bone in it. Mm-hmm. And then you serve it with the sauce or the dry rub or anything. The same thing is if you took a 10-piece chicken nugget from McDonald's, Mm-hmm. Took a couple of sauces, threw it in a container, and you know tossed it around. Now all of a sudden they're covered with sauce. There, there's your boneless wing. Exactly. So here, here's the the, the thing. One, th- there are exceptions. There's always exceptions. One, uh, if it's if you're going to a spot that does boneless and it's on sale, and you're going to save twenty bucks. It's okay, depending on the paycheck well, situation. It, 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 yeah. Similar to the, the chuck eye. The chuck eye is not a bad cut of meat by any means. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to eat the, the chuck eye, most likely. Sure. I'm going to be Especially angry. Especially if someone else is making it for you. I'm going to be angry if you pass it off as ribeye, because it's simply not. That's how I feel about I'm I'm not uh, opposed to boneless wings. They're tasty, and they serve their purpose. Yes, yeah, I agree. That being so, said, uh, they're not wings. Call them what if, they are. If you're, if you're going out on a date, right, you're with your lady friend, and... You you don't want to just scare her this early in the relationship with how messy you may eat with the bone-in wings. I'm listening very. Well, don't closely. take her for wings, baby. I well, agree. <laughs> that's that's a that's a risky food. On a the date. other part of it, though, is there's a feeling out process. Like the the pirate would always say, the the the, the, the great wisdom of our dear friend and departed Mike Leach. He would <laughs> he would kind of monitor uh, what. The, the date would order. Are they going to just kind of cut it loose and, and order the, the, the prime rib? Or are they going to eat salad? <laughs> okay. Uh, what, uh, is there false advertising going on? Uh, so <laughs> if the gal's down, seriously, if the, if the gal's down with, with going to a sports bar and drinking beer and eating wings with you, that's a great start, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, may I recommend you, you wanna, to you to avoid being the dirty slob who gets sauce all over their face and their fingers are all covered in wings and now your fingers are all spicy and that's no good um may i recommend a burger just a disaster (laughs) oh let's see her from fred (laughs) we need need to talk to fred fred is it boneless wings or is it saucy nugs we need to know i'm asking him that post game tomorrow 
You do it, and uh, especially if don't please they, don't they ask him after a out. loss. If it's after a I loss, know. he will. Nope, all filters he, going out the window. He will come across the table at you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He'll flip the table. The the you know Fred will snap on poor Connor Clark, and then I'll tell him I'm a Bulls team. fan. He'll probably like me even less after not, that too. Not the officials, but Connor Clark's a dead man. <laughs> he has the wrong. Hey, hey Fred, Fred I love you. Hey Fred, it's Connor Clark. I'm a Bulls fan. I wanted you gone a couple <laughs> yeah. years ago too. Uh, saucy nugs or chicken. Nuggets. <laughs> we, we are framing me to just have a disastrous post-game press conference with the mayor. Can you see him blank <laughs> and in that dry just tone uh, of his? It's he's great. I mean, he's he's got a dry sense of humor, and and he could he could absolutely s- slice you up. Oh, okay. Easily. He could easily snap you in half. Yeah. yeah. No, that'd be, that'd be great. The mayor goes off on poor Connor. Uh, <laughs> and we're here Is for it. Is it worth it for the headline? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's hear from Fred. <laughs> Lo- uh, local cut stu- one. Local student journalist will never get a job again after insulting <laughs> Fred Hoyerberg at post-game press conference. I can see the headline now. <laughs> All this came from chicken. Local local student journalist will have to eat saucy nugs instead of bone-in rings because he can't use his hands yeah. uh, anymore. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit here and um, trying to find the cuts. Do you have them? Cut one from Fred uh-huh. as he's getting ready for Nebraska-Michigan and the Big Red need to get their legs back. Uh, the first cut is on the starting lineup change. Sure, let's, let's do that one let's too. Do that one. Well, we just we wanted to get our most physical guys out there early in the game, and obviously it didn't pay off. We 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 were not very good early in that uh, in that game at Northwestern. So you know we'll figure it out. We we played a couple different lineups in practice today, and you know we'll make that decision and shoot around tomorrow on how we're going to start. Because I, th- I thought Jamarcus was terrific. I thought Jamarcus really gave us a nice spark off the bench. I thought he was aggressive in transition. Uh, you know he had a couple of really nice finishes at the basket. Hit a big three for us uh, late, I think, to cut it to nine and uh, gave us a chance. So I was proud of Jamarcus. Um, you know, he talked to me about really liking that role of coming off the bench. And, you know, we'll see. We'll, we, we have to do what's best for us for, as far as the lineup is concerned. Uh, but Jamarcus did uh, like that change in, um, uh, you know, just changed the rhythm of his game, I thought, in the flow. And he played one of his better games of the year. Totally agree. Um, and, you know, Jamarcus had been struggling, but his replacement gave you nothing on the glass. So there's that. Let's hear a little bit more from Fred on Northwestern and, and the main focus since that loss in Evanston. Uh, the focus has been rebounding and taking care of the ball. <laughs> as simple as that. I mean, I wish I could say something else, guys, but, you know, sometimes. And I'll say this. We did. We, we blocked out better. We actually hit on a lot of occasions. We just didn't come up with the ball. You know, whether we went up with one hand or, uh, you know, a guy reached over top of us you got to find a way to finish those off. We tried to go through and get a loose ball with one hand and dr- almost dribble it as opposed to coming to a jump stop, securing that thing with two, and going and playing the other, on the other end. And then they beat us on a, a 50-50 ball on the floor. And that just seemed to happen for most of the first half. And when you do those things, you're going to dig yourself a big hole. And it's virtually impossible on the road to come back on a really good team like Northwestern that hasn't lost a game in league. I was proud of the guys for finding a way to get back into it. As opposed to losing 20-25, you know, we found a way to get that thing back to single digits. And, um, uh, you know, we got to learn from the mistakes that were made in that game and hopefully correct and, uh, and, and play a complete game tomorrow night. 
Fred dives into the turnover issue again, a, a big number for Nebraska. Oh, it's more carelessness to me, Robin. And those are the ones that just kill you is the, is the unforced. You throw it with one hand and they run through the passing lane to get a dunk. That happened the other night. We showed him about 30 clips of Barnheiser. He gets at least one of those a game. He got two of them at our place. And we just casually give him the ball, uh, playing in tight spaces, you know, all those things. And we watch him, I promise you. We watch him every game uh, in our cleanup. And, you know, it's just got to be an effort because we've shown we're capable of taking care of the ball. Uh, but when we don't, we, we, we have a tough time winning. Last thought from Fred here on Michigan and how do they scare you? Physicality. I mean, and I guess he could probably say that about most teams in this league, but it's another team that's over 30% on offensive rebound percentage. And you just got to find a way uh, to compete on the glass because they're coming. They come every possession uh, to the glass, and we have to make uh, first contact. If not, you know, obviously we're not athletic and long enough to uh, to get those balls when we don't make first contact. You know, the other thing is we got to – we got to find a way to generate some extra possessions. And, you know, we've been, uh, you know, under five the last two games on the offensive rebounds. And that's another reason. You know, Josiah, and I talked to him about this, you know, played the other night without a rebound. That can't happen. You know, when we play a bigger lineup like that, uh, you know, Rink uh, didn't rebound great the other night. Our guards have to get in and join the fight and find a way to help when that thing goes up and get the long ones. With analytics, you know, those long shots equal long rebounds, and our guards have to get in there. Our bigs are locked up with some monsters in there, so our guards have to do a better job of, uh, of attacking the glass as well. Fred Hoiberg getting ready for Michigan. Do we have an official line on that? Is Nebraska favored six and a half, eight and a half? Do we have a number? Officially, I, I don't know. I just know that RPI gives them like an eighty-one percent chance to win. Uh-huh. So uh, we'll I have it. Nebraska as a six-point favorite. Okay, fair. That's kind of it's where we're at. We'll dive into predictions next. Friday forecast is on the way. Clausburn joins us. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Hale Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hale Varsity Radio. Back to you, Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Logger. Get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio, Elijah's Twitter at Herbal Essence. At C underscore Clark underscore 27 for Connor Clark at Schmidt underscore radio for me. Let's get into the Friday forecast and welcome him in. He's imaginary and uh, he wears red. Let's say hi to Claus. Clausburn with us. Claus, how are we doing? Happy Super Bowl weekend. Well, thank you, Christopher. I'm doing okay. Just had an argument with Nance. Uh, despite the, I told her that despite the fact her friends and her little coffee clutch keep sharing these memes, this Sunday is probably not a really good day to watch fancy birds, superb <laughs> owls. In fact, it's probably not a good day for birds at all, given what a lot of people like to consume, their wings. So, mm. And she pointed out that up until this week, I thought Usher was just the guys who stood in the back of the church so they could watch <laughs> the NFL pregame shows. So I guess she got me on that one. <laughs> Let's get into the forecast. Yeah, there's, there's all sorts of Usher's claws, and uh, one will be on it at halftime. Okay, let's dive into Husker Hoops first before the the big game weekend selection. 
So Nebraska is favored by six. We'll start with the men tomorrow. Michigan comes in, Jawan and company. Big red minus six there at home. That is, well, that's the difference. I think Nebraska wins. I think Nebraska covers, but it's going to be a little tight. Not because Michigan's that great. It's because Nebraska, well, they're fading, and uh, they've had no rest. They need one more push here to, to get to that bye week. Give me the Huskers. 78 and Michigan 68. Huskers win by 10, but but not till late. So, Elijah, what do you say? We've talked about trends with Nebraska on the road. Michigan's got a a trend going for themselves as well. They're one of the worst second-half college basketball teams in America. They get absolutely murdered in the second half. Nebraska has been one of the best home teams in the country. I think that continues. Maybe a nervy first half. Nebraska pulls away late. They cover. It's a big, call it an 80-64 to win for Nebraska against Michigan. Connor, what happens? Yeah, we talked about Doug McDaniel not being able to play for Michigan tomorrow. Leading score, that's taken away almost 17 points a game from this Michigan team. I think Nebraska wins. I think they cover. I will take Nebraska 77-65. to 12-point win, says Connor. Claus, it's been a bit of a white knuckler here with Husker Hoops, but what do you think for tomorrow? Well, I, I tell you, Christopher, this this Nebraska men's basketball team has so many ups and downs. I'm surprised they haven't been named a ride at Worlds of Fun. <laughs> They've got so many personalities. I'm surprised they don't have a reality show on TLC. But they've played pretty well at home. So I'll take Nebraska in this one. 75 and Michigan 69. Okay, right on the line there. Uh, Sunday, the world of women's college basketball descends to PBA. National coverage, Fox tip-off. Caitlin Clark and Iowa come in. The Husker women are trying to to enhance their resume, and this is huge. And it was close in Iowa City until it wasn't. I think Caitlin Clark needs, what, 39 points to, to break the record? And uh, we'll see if it happens. Our dear friend Iowa Russ got tickets way back when for $18. He could buy a small country for what those tickets are going for now. Uh, We're going to set the line at 9.5. Iowa favored. I think uh, Nebraska puts up a fight. I think Iowa wins. Uh, 79-75. Iowa win. Big red cover. Again, I'm guesstimating that minus 9.5. For the spread, Elijah, what do you think happened Sunday? I, I don't want to bet against Caitlin Clark. I don't think you're a smart person if you bet against Caitlin Clark. Not only is she the best college basketball player in America relative to her competition, she could be uh, in the WNBA being one of the best WNBA players next season as well. She's that good. I'm not going to bet against her. She needs 39. She's probably going to get 39. It's as simple as that. Give me Iowa big, 94-68. to 68. Wow. All right. Uh, what do you say, Connor? Yeah, I think Iowa's probably going to run away with this game. Caitlin Clark, you know badly that she wants to get the record in her rival's building. I think Iowa wins 96-72. to 72. Okay, so blowout. I don't think they get blown out at home. Claus, what happens here? Husker women, shock and surprise, or is it uh, Caitlin's Day Sunday? Well, apparently I'm not a very smart person, Elijah, and that will come back to you. But typically, you guys know I like to take shots at Iowa because it's mostly a state of pig farms, windmills, and poverty football programs. (laughs) 
<laughs> but earlier this week, I read a really stupid article about Cheryl Swoops trying to take swipes, inaccurate at that, at Caitlin Clark, who for my money is one of the best female college athletes of all time, mm. regardless of sport. So I'm going to take Nebraska to win this game 65-64. to 64. Caitlin Clark scores 63 of Iowa's points, <laughs> and Cheryl Swoops goes back to being nothing more than an interesting uh, sideline from Ron Swanson. There we go. I love it. That's pretty good. Uh, let's get to the Super Bowl and some props. We'll get to props. We'll get our prediction on the other side here. Prop bets right now. Gatorade bath color. Purple plus 275, orange plus 325, red plus 350, yellow plus 425, blue plus 450, water plus 1100. Give me purple. Give me the purple Gatorade. I've said that for a couple of days. I think that's where we're at. That's the prop I'm going with, Elijah. So uh, just this is personal bias completely. Recently, I have vanilla protein powder. I've been mixing it with orange Gatorade, making an orange creamsicle Mm. protein shake. Mm. Because of the amount of orange Gatorade I have consumed recently, I'm going to go with orange at plus 325. Okay. I want to be different, so I'm going to say blue at plus 450. Plus, Uh, blue's my favorite color. It's the best. Blue's the the best flavor of Gatorade. Yeah. Uh, I think the white ice is awesome, but, you know. That one's also Claus, what Claus, what happens? Well, first of all, you're all wrong. The best flavor is Riptide Rush, which is purple, <laughs> but I don't even know that they make it anymore, so I'm not going to pick purple. This rest of it is tough because if Kansas City wins, I legitimately think they could douse Andy Reid in his favorite liquid, which is whatever that liquid is they use to glaze the donuts at Krispy Kreme. So. <laughs> I, I bet Ranch is second on that betting card. Oh, no. <laughs> Hidden Valley or, or Store? Well, it'll be Hidden Valley. They're a high-class organization. I'll leave it to your imagination, Claus. <laughs> Runza Ranch. Runza Ranch is where it's Good at. Good work. No free shout-outs. <laughs> well, it's too late for that. They don't need your help in advertising, Elijah, I assure you. They don't need your help either, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody needs my help, up too, including this program, which is why I'm here. But the point is- oh, wow. <laughs> we deserve that, yeah. <laughs> Both teams wear red, so I'm going to take red, and whatever the money line is, that's what I'm going to be taking home. Claus, we will wrap on the other side and uh, predict the game, the line, the overs, the unders that's happening with the forecast. Claus, hang tight, okay? Okay. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, weekend edition tomorrow at 745, bright and early on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. As we welcome Clausburn back in for the Friday forecast, let's get to the Super Bowl picks as the line has moved. It is now down to one and a half. San Francisco favored over Kansas City. The over under at 47 and a half. I'll dive in. You know, I everybody is saying can't bet against Mahomes, and they're right. They're they're not they're not wrong there. I just I think San Francisco finds a way with their running game and their 
options on offense, and their pass rush, I think, could get to Mahomes just enough. And I'm going to go weird here, but I'm going to say San Francisco, 24, Kansas City, 21. I, I would prefer the Chiefs win, but I think San Francisco gets it handled, uh, win and cover. And, of course, uh, the unders there. Are you hedging your Elijah. bets? If I remember correctly, Schmidty, I'm pretty sure you picked the Chiefs on the Average Joe Sports Show just last night. I did. So either way, I'm, I'm, I'm solid. Change of heart. <laughs> you bastard. You freaking rat. Uh, <laughs> way well, to sell them out, Elijah. There's no way people need that much Chris Schmidt and listen to both. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you take Schmidt's advice with it. Take, take your pills, Claus. Uh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm also going to go with the 49ers. Uh just because I hate the Chiefs. like It's not even a bit at this point. You can ask any of my friends. Like The Chiefs grind my gears from being a little kid, and the Broncos were like the second-worst team in the NFL, and all the Chiefs fans at 4-12 and were making fun of the Broncos. I don't forget that. I don't forget you Chiefs fans. Um, I love all my friends who are Chiefs fans. I don't love the Chiefs because of that. I could never pick them. I'm going to pick the 49ers. I'm biased. I'll admit it. 21-17, the 49ers get the win and cover. All right. Connor. Hey, you two. It's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. And as much as I don't I don't want to pick him, I feel like I have to. I've been wrong about him too many times. I think this is going to be a good game. I like what the Niners do, but again, they've been a little bit shaky in the playoffs. I think Kansas City's playing their best football all year long right now. I'm going to go the Chiefs 28 and the fighting Brock Purdy's 24. Okay, four-point ball game. Claus, what happens? Who do you like Sunday? Well, before I get to that, I didn't realize Elijah was the guy Ted Lasso was talking about when he said that he had a friend who was a Broncos fan that grew up in Chiefs country and had to watch the Super Bowls alone. So he ate uh, an entire seven-layer dip by himself and destroyed the toilet. That's good. We all learned something today. So <laughs> That's my plan. My dad's making a seven-layer dip on Sunday, so I'm not watching alone, but I will be taking a trip to the bathroom. Destroying a toilet. Be destroying a toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this game, and I think Vegas agrees, I think this game is relatively evenly matched, so it's hard to pick. You can look at the Chiefs. They won the game, or they won the Super Bowl just a year ago. San Francisco hasn't won it for 29 years. And even then, another team that won the championship that year, wore red, relied on the running game, rode their defense, don't want to get any side-eye from Maurice Jones-Drew. Had some sure-handed tight ends and a quarterback that wore number 15. So, with all that said, I think all signs point to Kansas City and a 24-17 championship win. Claus, you be good and enjoy the Super Bowl. Okay. A Huda Media Production.